This is from Felon to Faith, the podcast dedicated to reaching people with a message of hope by sharing the life and experiences of Fred Matthews. My man, Fred, what's going on? We are back with episode six of From Fell Into Faith podcast. How you doing this morning, brother? I'm doing all right, bro. How you doing? Hello to everybody that's tapping in and listening to us. Appreciate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing good, man. We we are very appreciative of the listenership we've had. Um, you guys have been tuning in almost immediately after the episodes drop. We can see all of that stuff. <laughs> Anchor lets us know about all of that, our recording yeah, platform. Man. Appreciate um, that. So it, it, it's been a lot of turnout from you guys, and we really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Thank you for all that love. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So we just wrapped up episode five. We were kind of talking about your different support systems throughout episode five. And, right, and right. We, we ended it mainly talking about Keisha. Mm-hmm. and uh, to your wifey. Yeah, your current wife, Keisha. She's amazing. Yeah, uh, man. One of my favorite people. Yeah, man. Um, and... You know, it kind of got me thinking about my wife and how grateful it is. And we were talking before the podcast about, man, there's plenty of times where it's like we don't deserve them, you mm-hmm. know, where we feel very undeserving of our wives. Um, and a lot of that has to do with uh, a lot of that has to do with things that I've done throughout my life. Right. The yep. way I view the way I view myself, yep, I still yep. hold a score against myself. Yes, sir. And we were talking about in marriage, especially, you, you got to forgive and you can't keep score like that. And um, your wife has got to have an unbelievable amount of forgiveness. Not because you wronged her necessarily, but in the sense that she wasn't there with you, bro. Yeah. So she didn't always know what was popping. I mean, yeah. yes, you're right, in prison. Right, right, yes, right. you're in prison. But my, <clears throat> here's my point. Like... It's just, she was going out on a ledge, oh, yeah. I feel like. Sure. I feel like she walked out on that plank Everybody by that. devoting herself to you while yeah. you were in prison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody, it, everybody would say the same. I would say the same. Because mm. <laughs> she don't know how I would have going to reciprocate. You feel me? I'm saying? Mm. I could tell you anything, but you don't really know. You feel me? Yeah. And that's the case with a lot of people, you know? Um, man, like... The family suffer so bad, so like you got dudes that are married already coming into prison. You know what I'm saying? And and some of them, man, they fall apart. You know what I'm saying? Some of them they stand tall and they do they they do their time. And they go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the wives, man, on the outside, they struggle. I mean, they struggle, bro. You see them every Saturday come down there. They look tired because they driving long distances just to come see they dude. They sitting up there all day. They working all week, making sure dude got money on his books. Trying Maybe to raise, taking care of the kids. Taking care of the kids, the house. It's a struggle, bro. There and those, then there are those women who hold it down. Yeah. Out there. And then if you are the kid, if you are the kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And daddy gone or mommy gone. Like I had a homie Buck, man. The homie Buck, his son, you know, his son was already born when he came. So he had to fight through that, you know. That's what made me thankful. I didn't have no children before I went to prison. And I knew that once I had my kids, it was, boy, I'm going to be there for them. Now, does the, uh, does the prison allow your children to come see you on, uh-huh. on visitation days as well? Yeah. They can okay. be in there. They okay. can be in there. Yeah. So you do get to see them. And that's a harsh reality, though. Think about that. Or if you the little brother. That's a you, harsh reality. Yeah, or if you the sibling. You know what I'm saying? Like, my little brother was eight when I left. So... 
Instead of him being eight years old, waking up on Saturday to watch cartoons, eat cereal, and lay around in his drawers, you know what I'm saying? He had to get in the car and take a long ride to a prison to visit his big bro. You know what I'm saying? That's a different life. That's a different life. That's a different it life. You're right. everybody, bro. You're right. He should have been sitting there on the couch on Saturday morning watching cartoons, eating cereal. Yeah. Doing Being nothing. Being a kid. Being a kid. Being a kid. But he had to take them long trips. Would he come in there and talk to you? Oh, yeah. Come we, had, we had a good conversation most of the time. Most when, of the time. when he got into his teens is when we started having like a little friction because he started, mm. you know, being influenced by other things. And I'd be trying to tell him like, bro, you know, this ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? What Was you he see? trying to go down the path that would end him up in there? Yeah. Sometimes it seemed like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd be like, bro, this ain't this ain't it. Yeah. Me, this is not what you want right here. I would always tell him that him and my nephew. See, my nephew was growing up too. My my nephew Gavin I'm about to go to Cal, uh, college. Yeah. And um, uh, so he had to come up there too, and see, um, you know what I'm saying. And so I talk to him now, and I'm like, you already know what I've been through. You know, you you saw it. You know what I'm saying firsthand. Every weekend. And his mom used to be in and out. Gavin's mom, so he done seen it from both sides. So, you know, but he a good kid. That's tough on the people that's outside, that's what I'm man. saying. So when you get locked up, when you do something stupid and you get locked up, man, you affect so many people. Yeah. So many people, bro. Yeah. Wow. On Thanksgiving and Christmas, man, you see sections of like eight, nine people, whole families up there, everybody crying. Yeah. Everybody praying. You affect everybody, bro. It's, it's, it's hard. And then when you lose that person... I was just about to ask you about that. I know you lost a couple of people while you were locked up. Man, We've yes. talked about that yes, a little yes, bit. Yes. Um, can you hit on that some more? What is it like when you lose somebody on the outside in there who's been been there for you, who's been trying to talk to you, help you, do whatever they can for you? Man, all you can you do... And you lose somebody like all that. All you can do is just fight through that pain, man, and just do that time, cry about it, pray about it. Where do no. the exceptions come into play? Like, yes, we'll allow you to attend this funeral. No, we will not. Are, are there exceptions in the I state think, prison I, level? Yeah, there are exceptions, but I don't really know them verbatim. Like, um, I think it depends on your charges. You feel me? I think that's the most part of it right there. It depends Some on violent charges. charges or nonviolent charges are probably... Well, I had a violent charge. I had violent uh, charges, but I didn't have, like, a life sentence. I didn't have no sex crimes. I see. You feel me? I see. So you were allowed out that day mm-hmm. to go to your grandma's see, even, funeral. Even in right? the halfway house, I was allowed to have passes to go home because I didn't have a sex crime. The guys that had sex crimes, they couldn't get passes. You lost your brother while you were in there as well, didn't no, you? No, I lost him when I got out. When you got out, okay. 11 months after I got out, man, months. bro died. That, yeah. that was the hardest thing. I probably, that was harder than doing the time. Go, go t- explain that. Elaborate. So, so 11 months. I get out. We get married the next month after I get out, me and uh, Keisha. You got married the month after you got yeah. out? Because I told her, I said, I'm going to marry you when I come home. Yeah. I meant that, bro. My I bro didn't that, waste bro. no time. You held to Man, it. Listen, I worked that whole year in the halfway house, got my bread up. I'm talking about got my bread up from the bottom, right? Legal yeah. bread. Yes. No, no legal. I'm talking about straight work money. Yeah. About 10 racks. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Take straight up. Came home with about 10 racks. She already had the apartment. You feel me? She yeah. already had everything set up. Yeah. So all we had to do really was just get in, 
you know, buy some furniture or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Got another car and uh, got married. So the day we got married, not only did her dad come on a surprise tip. I remember that. Yep. But my brother came straight from work, you know what I'm saying? And he was, I'm talking about speedballing because he wasn't going to miss that wedding, bro. You know what I'm saying? So he was there, you know what I'm saying? He was like my he best man. It. Yeah, he made it, bro. And uh, we celebrated, you feel me? Not knowing that he was already sick then. He was already sick then. Because that previous year, bro, when I was going on pass and we would see him, he would eat and then he'd get sick and he'd throw up sometimes or he would just, like, he would just be in some pain. He was already sick then. We didn't even know it, bro. You feel me? So fast forward. So now we go through the summer of 2015. We partying, we kicking it. My cousin Rhonda, she used to have these kickbacks at her house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let the fam come through. Yeah. You know what I mean? We You're doing... living life up because yeah, you we just doing... got I'm out. Free. Yeah, man. I'm free, bro. You're and then, free. And then my mother-in-law, she always did like these catering parties. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. one night, bro, he came through. He was going to help. You feel me? But then he got like really sick. Like really sick. Never seen him like this. And, um. On the way there, he kept saying in conversation, he was like, man, I'm just so happy we get a chance to kick it. And I'm like, I know, bro, I be working, you be working. Like, we wasn't really seeing each other. We were seeing, we were seeing each other. Yeah. Like, he would come to the apartment and we would see each other at parties or whatever. But, like, we wanted to see each other more. Because sure. I had been gone 10 years. Yeah. And we was tight. I'm talking yeah. about super tight. Me and D was super tight. Yeah. Man, for real, for real. So, uh, man, he got sick that night. He couldn't even help. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't even help. So my mom ended up, I think, taking him home, or I think his wife came and got him. I forget what happened. And then, you know, he went to the hospital, and they let him go. I think they had been diagnosing him with something else, and he was taking, like, ibuprofen, which was making it worse. So some months go by, and a couple of episodes like that had happened again, like, some months later. And so that last time was in, like, November. I remember I was painting. I was working with my homeboy Jermaine. Um, I think we was, uh, it was me, Jermaine, and Gabe that day. I had got a phone call. He was like, you know, they was like, bro, I'm in, he was like, bro, I'm in the hospital. And I said, like, you gonna be all right? And he was like, I don't know. I never heard my brother say that. You feel me? He never said that. So I was like, Phew. I said, man, you gonna be all right, bro. And we, you know, yeah, I hung you can't up. talk like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, boom, I finished the job that day. And then I tell the homie, I'm like, man, my brother in the hospital, bro. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So <clears throat> he get the diagnosis. It's, what is it? It's, it's, it's stomach cancer, bro. Pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic stage cancer. three going into stage four. Oh, oh. Pancreatic cancer, that's one of the ones we ain't got nothing for. Bro, he went in on November Whoa. 3rd, bro. On November 3rd. December 3rd, he gone. <laughs> Fred. That's so fast, man. That's so fast, dude. Yeah, bro, bro, man. toughed it out till stage three before he got checked out. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, bro, bro? Oh, imagine what look. he went through before. And then look, though, check oh, it out. Check it out. Oh, check it out. He had, he got two girls, right? You know, he got oh. two daughters. You yeah. know what I'm saying? My, my, my uh, niece is Ashley and Ava. And um, the whole time, bro, 
man, he was just walking in his faith, bro. He was just, he wasn't even down about it or nothing. I mean, cuz was got videos on Facebook and everything. He in there just praising the Lord the whole time. He in there. He telling us, man, y'all gonna be all right. He trying to keep us strong. <laughs> we trying to comfort him, and he trying to keep us strong, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? That's character right there, bro. He told me. That's he, a tough he, loss, he, bro. He, I used to go in there and shave his beard up with, you know, with his trimmers. He'd be like, man, I need to, I need to stay ready, stay interview ready. You know what I'm saying? He always used to be saying that. So he wanted, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to keep his beard up. You know what? I, I thought about that after he died, and I was like, man, he knew he was about to go see the Lord. That's what he meant by being interview ready. You feel me? That was oh, like his man. way of saying, like, he finna go. He you wanted to be ready. Oh, man. But uh, he, told oh. me, he told me, though. He told me. He said, uh, he said, bro, he said, he said, your faith gonna be tested. He told me that. He said, your faith gonna be tested. He leaned over and he, and, uh, he whispered that to me. And uh, he wasn't lying either, boy. I was, man, I didn't know what I was going to have to go through after I got out of prison. I thought it was going to be all right. You know, I thought, you know, I was just going to be able to get back out here and live. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Problems wouldn't be quite the same. So that next month, which was uh, January 2016. Yeah. Right before, right before I lost my brother, though, let me back up a minute. Right before I lost my brother, I lost my homeboy, C-Ray. Mm -hmm. I had talked to C-Ray February 2015 when I got out. He was working two jobs. He got two boys, you know what I'm saying, by a girl named Amanda. Holding it down. He was, holding, he was working two jobs. Man, he had, he had completely kind of like changed his life, bro. Holding it you down, yeah. He probably was still doing what he was doing, but he, for the most part, it made a turn. He would make it his legal bread. He right. would do it his way. Man, the homie got hit by a car, bro. And they kept going. So he was in a coma from basically after I talked to him up until like like October. And then he passed. Golly. That was that hurt. That was right before my brother died. Golly. Right before he died, right? Um, my homegirl Chocolate. My home, my brother's homegirl too. I met her through him. You feel me? She from born home. She actually shot a little baby mama. You know what I mean? Uh, she passed away, bro. He came to the house one day. He was like, "Man, I need you to watch the girls. Me and Tisha gonna go kick it with chocolate for her birthday or whatever." So me and my sister, me and my uh, wife was like, "All right, bet." The next day, we go to my mama's house. He come up the driveway, bawling, crying. Then he just fell out. Like, man, she gone. I'm like, who you talking? About? Chocolate, she passed that night. You feel me? Oh, crazy. So that was three deaths, bro. Ugh. Within the 15 months of me being home, <coughs> of three people really close to me. Oh, but my man. brother was the last one. Right? That hurt so bad. I went into the darkest depression, like a really dark depression. And that's where your faith was tested. It was tested. And then, so in 2016, I had always wanted to get baptized anyway, right? I never wanted to do it in prison because I just had a funny feeling about doing it in prison. I ain't really trust all them dudes that had came Had you ever there. been baptized at this point? Uh-uh. 
not even as like not even as like the baby be- like like a sprinkle or nothing as a baby. I don't know if I ever. I don't know if that ever happened to me. You feel me? But yeah, I didn't. I never had that. I know that. Uh, I never had been baptized, so I knew that I wanted to do that. Yeah, full submersion, right. like full yeah. immersion in the water. Come up. Yeah, and so in December, I mean January 2016. See, I had attended C Ray's funeral, and I remember hearing his wife um, tell his story and how he got saved, and I was like, wow, I was so happy. I was yeah. so happy. I yeah. was like, yes. Yeah. My boy, my boy got saved. We got saved. You know what I'm saying? So that right there was like motivation. Once I and then the church I went to was the church that she was going to. So we was kind of looking for a church home. And so I was like, I told my wife, I was like, let's go check this church out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And then her little cousin at the time was going to their school. It's a church of Chapel Hill in Douglasville or whatever. And so we started going to the church or whatever, and we liked what we, you know, whatever. And then we ended up both getting baptized. Now, Keisha had already been baptized Come before, on. but just as my wife, you know what I'm saying, as my representation, Come on. as my rock, you know what I'm saying, she went with me. And we got baptized together on, you know, January 16th. So, but man, that's when all the battles came, bro. Straight up. That's when all the battles Whoa, came. Whoa, wait a minute. You're saying once you got baptized... That's when the battles came. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I talk about. I've, I used to talk about that a lot. Yeah. That after after really devoting myself to the Lord, the the path becomes much more narrow. You know, people talk about Christianity like it's a crutch. They talk about praying and having the forgiveness of sins like it's a crutch. Let me tell you something. Walking the narrow path, actually trying to walk the path that Jesus has laid out before us. The example. It's no easy thing. It bro. is not an easy task. Oh, no, not at it's all. It's a narrow path. Mm. It's a very narrow yes, path. It is. Yes, it is. And bro. we are broken people. Listen, we're made in the image of Adam now. We are no longer made in the image of the Lord. That's what it says in the scripture, which is scary. Adam was made in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. Adam fell to sin. Now we're all made in the image of Adam. That's scary. Look, we're all broken people from yes, the get-go. Yes and, we, yes. and then and then some of us choose to try to walk this narrow path. It is so hard, friend. Yeah, bro. It's so yeah. hard. So you know So talk to me about that. Talk to me about and then I, I'd really like to share my my instance of water baptism just because we're on it and we were ta- we've been talking about wives and support systems a lot. Yeah. I'd like to share my my well, go ahead instance. and share. Go ahead and share. Well, I just wanted to say you know, it's funny because I got baptized at our wedding rehearsal, actually. Nice, um, nice. The day before we got married, nice. I got baptized. Um, Man, that's nice. I didn't grow up in the church. Right. I didn't grow up a believer. Right. Boy, you got your um, own story right there, bro. That's your own. That's a, yeah, Man. it's a different story, man. It's a different story. I didn't know nothing. Like, Jesus was kind of a fairy tale. Like, you know, he's a real dude. He was a real dude, and he was doing his thing. He was a, you know, my parents kind of maybe taught me that he was like a real person, maybe like a good dude, you know? And then I came, like, later on, I came to hear the C.S. Lewis argument that he's either a liar, a lunatic, or a lord, you know? Wow. He's, he's one of them three things. Huh. <laughs> he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or a lord. Right. He's not, he can't be anything else. You're either saying he's he's a liar because he says he's the son of God. A lot of people, he doesn't say it for a little while, but he does say it eventually. He's the son of God. 
So you're either calling him a liar, or he's a lunatic. Or he's Lord. Or he's Lord. <laughs> he's one of them three things. Take your pick. <laughs> I'm so, telling you. you know, I started hearing argue. Anyway, I wound up giving my life, I, I wound up getting baptized the night before our wedding. And then, you know what's funny, Fred? It was almost a year later that I really wound, per, wound up pursuing the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was that a different true. baptism. It was almost like my Holy, the Holy Spirit inside of me got woke up about a year later and I yeah. really was, devoted and I really started to me, learn marriage and yeah, me too me too bro the pursuit of yeah. Jesus it yeah. took but I think it took that washing away of sins it took that complete immersion that water baptism that's super important to identify in the death burial and resurrection hey, of man, Jesus it's written bro it's written very it's important written. even Jesus gets baptized I'm telling you so what that mean <laughs> if you don't what that mean you feel that's me? what I'm saying yeah that's he, what I'm yeah, saying I'm trying to be where he at you that's know? what I'm saying that's what my mind said my heart is at. you feel me so so you're attending Chapel Hill yeah church. we were going to church man and you know like I say we was just living that life you know doing yeah. what we're supposed to be doing as, as as a newly married couple we still haven't had no kids we've been trying but at this point she's still not pregnant um it wasn't until like february i think yeah it was february when we found out about because i wow now the crazy wow. part the crazy, so you got baptized in january yeah. found out about pregnancy in february, february. yeah but tell me a, that's not come on man a, it was a blessing in the storm bro because i'm gonna tell you our our marriage it, it was like on the rocks already like one year in bro i know it was already on the rocks I know. I know like all of a sudden my best friend i'm looking at her like man who is this chick and she probably looking at me like who this nigga you know what i'm saying i know and we used to argue, and we were fighting, and she'd be threatening to leave. And then I used to be like, you keep talking about you're going to leave, then or you want to, you know, all this and that. And Quit threatening. Yeah, we would just, I, we would just be, we, you know, yeah, we would just be saying stuff, man, hurtful Ooh, stuff. And hurtful Just stuff. trying to figure the whole thing out, right? Yes. I just got out of prison. I'm, 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 I'm really suffering from PTSD and don't even really know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a question I, I've got for you I later got a lot of, I got a lot of healing I got to do that I didn't yeah. even know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She, she still was suffering from her old past stuff and, and, you know, things with her pops and just a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. You know, um, and so, bro, we were, we were just trying to, just trying to fight through it, man. And then our finances wasn't all the way right still. Mm -hmm. Like, we had a little money, but, you know, now we one year in. Right. You know what I'm saying? We got two cars and we had, you know, stuff going on, but we weren't really able to make the ends meet because I had quit the job I had, um, when my brother the, the, when my brother passed that December, you know, I quit that job because they already had all told me they wasn't gonna hire me anyway because I was a convicted felon. Mm. You feel me? I had worked six months there, knowing I wasn't gonna get no getting hired on. So when my mm. brother started getting sick and all that, I just quit. You feel me? So then, um, like I said, I worked with my my, my bro Jermaine for a minute, man. Shout out yeah. to the, the, the JG Artisan, man. If y'all need y'all houses painted in the metro area, please look up JG Artisan. Yeah. Please look up OPI I'll Paint It. That's my boy Gabe and that's my boy Jermaine. They Come will on. they will set you straight. Anyway, so I, I was working with the bro, and uh, like I said, that I got slow, and then um, that's when I ended up going to that temp service and finding the job on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. But man, like I say, the battles, man, we we. Ended up losing the car that we bought to the repossession. Because, huh. like, you know, finances. like I say, bro, finances was just tight, bro. We was trying finances to make it. Tight. And, uh, man, we almost got evicted, like, twice. You know what I'm saying? 
and like uh, ended up having to uh, finding out <laughs> that Keisha's license was suspended from something way back that she didn't even know, bro. Oh she didn't even gosh. know it. We had to pay so much money to get it straight. Like oh it was just a gosh. lot of little stuff that was hitting us. Piling, 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 piling up, piling, piling up. And then me, bro, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I went so many years with a phone. And, and being on the internet, being exposed to porn and all these different women on these dating sites. So now when I get out, I still kind of got them habits. So now it's Facebook and it's Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That became an issue. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As it should. Yes, In any marriage, should. right? In any marriage. It should. You should feel conflicted right. when you see those things. Right. And you're going to see them. And you're going to see them. That's the thing you're going to see them. And, bro, it had become you know a, a, a thing for me. And I had <laughs> Messenger and I was reachable. And <sighs> women was reaching out and I was reaching back. And she would, you know, wife, you going to check that phone, bro. I don't care who you are. She checking that phone. See, yeah. now I don't worry about that type of stuff. Yeah. She can go through that thing, man. She she already know. I could walk out the room, leave my phone in there. I don't be studying that. You right. Know, I've learned. Right. You know what I'm saying? But those were the battles. That's Those were the testings that my brother was speaking on. <sighs> you feel me? The Lord's going to test you. He going to test that faith, bro. You feel me? Your faith will be tested. And I love my wife. You feel yeah. me? And so when she got, she know she was pregnant and we were going through all of that, you know, we got past it. We had the baby and it's like, we just put our heads together and we prayed and we just said, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You feel me? Wow. We're going to do this. And we've been doing wow. it. You did. We almost 10 years in. We, we'll be eight years in January, bro. Come on, somebody. You feel me? We, we 10 years together. Yes, we, or really, really like 11 years together because you know she we got back together when i was in prison she didn't right. last but like we ate almost eight years married bro and then ain't, you know like i say bro it's, it's it's it was definitely been a test on my faith bro man for real man and you came out on the other side of it so bro you alluded to it a little bit while talking about it what mm. were some of the effects so uh well let, let's wrap up that section real quick i don't before we jump that's so hard yeah. on your family members. You yeah. being locked up, you're carrying a lot of baggage coming out of prison. Mm -hmm. Listen to you. I mean, you're talking, you're already, you're admitting to struggles with porn and the temptations of other women. Yep. Look, temptation is real. It's and, real, and bro. It's people real. try to act like it's not. Man, and listen, that's when you're going to fall on it. That's when you're going to fall right there. The moment, the moment you try scary. to act like it ain't real, that's when you're going to fall. It's scary. I always talk about having to put up blinders when I go out because temptation's so real. It's real. You, do, you have to you know, acknowledge building, it. You uh, uh, someone who talks about, uh, there's one guy who talks about growing up hedges. Yeah. You know, yeah. put up hedges tunnel to vision. protect your marriage. Yeah, tunnel vision, man. You got to have that tunnel vision for real. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Look, I'm visually stimulated, right? If I see something I like, I'm going to fixate on it. I know myself. Exactly, bro. So guess what I like? I like women. Yeah. So I got to try not to fixate on women. So that means I got to try not to look at them. Bro, listen. I'm sorry. That's the way it I is. Know it's me. temptation. I know me and I know my triggers. So I had to alleviate a lot of things. I had to move a lot of things out of the way just so I could be focused on my marriage and make sure my wife's straight. Because, you know, when we was going through what we was going through and the times I would see her crying and hurt, I did not like that. Yeah. That's my best friend over yeah. there too, by the way. Yeah. That's my homie That's from seventh grade friend. over there, by the way, crying and hurt. You know how that feel, cuz? That hurt. Man, I feel like the scum of the earth. I'm like, man, 
It's hard I don't on that support system. No more. I don't want to go through this no more. It's hard on those people. Yeah, bro. So and your mama and your brothers, we we addressed all that. Your nephew coming up okay. there, robbing yeah. them of some of their childhood yeah. so experiences. Like, man, I, I, you know, I got a lot riding on this thing, man. So you know, I uh, I just had to man up, bro. I just had to boss up. You feel me? Yeah. And that's what it is, you know. And, and and that's the thing about being a man of faith. It, it's not. It don't mean you know no soft dude. You can't be no soft dude. It's a lot you got to stand up for. It's mm. a lot you got to stick your neck out for, your chest out for mm. in this society. So, all right, staying on that path. That sounds like something you've alluded to previously when you were in prison. Something that you kind of learned a little bit about when you were in prison. Standing on ten toes, doing yeah. your bid. Yeah, oh yeah. It's kind of like you're finding yourself almost in the same situation where it's like, this is my life now. Yeah. I need to stand up. Yeah. I need to stand up yeah. on my ten toes and do what I've got to do. Yep. That's and exactly that's being a good husband. That's yep. being a good father. Uh, yep. That's being a good follower of Christ. Yep. Right. Good that's citizen. all. All yeah. of those things. Good, a good citizen, yeah. a contributor of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. All of oh, those yeah. things. All right. That. All that is insane. So, so that leads me to that question, right? You you alluded to it a little bit um, before. Um, what are some of the, uh, the lasting effects now? You've been outside of prison. You've been married for almost eight years. Yeah. Um, um and you can allude to it in, in other aspects of your life other than just marriage. But what are some of the effects from prison? Maybe mm. good, bad, indifferent that you find, like, are there little habits that you have? Like certain little things oh, yeah, you do? yeah, I got a lot of habits, bro. Like, um... <laughs> Man, right now, if you can look in my closet, bro, I still roll up my T-shirts and my drawers and stuff. I still fold my socks a certain type of way. To save space. Save space. Um, yeah. I just taught my wife that, by the man, way, packing a bag. I, man, listen, <laughs> me and my two-year-old, bro, we eat peanut butter sandwiches all week. I'm Isn't talking that's a prison we, thing? Yeah, bro. We be <laughs> smashing peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, oh. My coffee addiction, that came from prison. Yep. Um, But... On a more serious note, when I'm out in public, though, when I'm out in public, I, I I always have to sit where my back is in the wall, and I can see everywhere. I can see every exit or entry. Mm. I could be watching everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Especially when I'm with my kids. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I, and I definitely don't like people standing too close to me. That made me nervous. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. So COVID was a plus for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that six oh, foot man, I was cool. I was cool with COVID. You feel me? You do a couple stints of uh, isolation, bro. You know, that ain't nothing. You feel me? I was straight. You know, I'm just, I'm just very guarded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, on the yard, somebody staring at you or walking up close to you, that might mean they about to stab That's you. That's not right. Yeah, they might, they might be about to stab you. Yeah, you know, hit you across the head. People getting in your space yeah, in prison is yeah. different. So you know, I had to, I had to kind of tone it down once I got out. I had to, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be ready to step up. Like, hey, what you was looking at me for, bro? What, what you got something going? You know, people don't know that you just got out. So, it like, Keisha used to have to be like, babe, you need to uh, just tone it down. <laughs> so you were on edge for a while, huh? I was, bro. I was. You know, I was. I always felt like I needed to protect her. We would go down to like the Auburn Festival, Sweet Auburn Festival with my little sister and her husband. And I would just be like having this mug on my face. You know what I'm saying? Like this very unapproachable mug on my face. And she would be like, fix your face. And I'm like, what you mean? She was like, fix your face, dude. You look mm. like you about to ready to fight somebody. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's I that just, prison look, right? Man, like bro, it was a you, look you don't you even know to... you're doing it. Yeah. You don't even know. You feel me? Look you kind of had to uh, develop, right? Ain't nobody smiling in there. Ain't nothing to smile about. 
ain't nothing to smile about. Yo, that's one of the realest things you've ever said. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not like, but I just, that line right there really sticks out. Ain't nothing to smile about in there. Yeah. Ain't nobody smiling. If you smiling in there, you're going to get slapped. Because they're going to think you funny. You you walk around smiling all day. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You goofy. You know what I mean? That's how you're going to get talked to. That goofy nigga. You're going to get labeled a goofy. You know what I mean? Don't that sound crazy? But that's for real, though. Yeah, wouldn't you want someone to be happy? <laughs> wouldn't you, you know, like now? Like now? Is it, talking about now. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather someone have a smile on their face and be oh, a man. happy person? I want to see everybody winning, man. You know what I mean? I don't want to see nobody go down, especially go to prison, because I've already been there. And I can tell you it ain't glorious, it ain't fancy, it ain't nothing cool about it. I don't know why these young rappers so in a rush to go see them places. Y'all got all this money to make, and y'all running to the chain gang to do time. Man, come on with that, bro. You know how many dudes in there plotting and planning on how they going to make their music and make their business pop when they get out? They trying to get out. To do what y'all are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're putting themselves in positions to go in there. Right. It don't even make sense. It don't make sense. It does not make sense. And so some of the other lasting stuff is like, uh, I'm uh, big on eating fruit, fresh fruit. Yeah? Yeah. And that came from prison. That, that changed, like, prison changed my whole diet, bro. Mm. A lot of nasty food in there, man. A lot of right. nasty, nasty people. So it made you want to start eating better when you got oh, out. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, how about habits like getting in the Word? Was, was that something that got yeah. started? Like, is that something you were able to carry over from prison? I, I, did, I did find it kind of hard at first, um, having a lot of time to really just read, read. And then having freedom. Yeah, and then, you know, still go to work and still, you know, of course, you're going to have a TV and all that. So I, I did find it kind of hard to balance. And then I eventually found me a, a pattern, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially when I started traveling. So I would read while I was on the planes. Oh, right. You got or, that job with the yeah, road. Yeah, I, I would be in the hotel room and I would just read, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I would always try to get my study on, bro. You feel me? And, was, there, was, was there ever a time... Where it was like, you almost found yourself like you were back in prison. Like you just felt like you were back in prison after you were out. A couple times, bro. A couple can, times. Can you dive into that a little bit? Like, can like, you can uh, you uh, lay out that scenario like, for me? Like, uh, like I say, when we was going through what we was going through financially. Yeah. Even after I had gotten that job on the road. And I had started making some decent money, but we were still playing catch-up. You know what I'm saying? And, man, it would be some times where I would come home, and I would just sit down, and I would look around, and I'd be like, damn, man, like, it just, I don't know. I felt like I was in a cell sometimes, you know? I, like, I couldn't break out of that, 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 that feeling of being free. You know what I mean? Like, or I me mean, of being locked up or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't grasp it, you know, sometimes. Uh. And then, Ugh. I don't know, it would, just, it would just be weird, bro. It would be moments, Ugh. bro. It would, I would just have moments, you know what I mean? I would have moments. That's you know? so hard. The mind is a tricky thing, man. The I, mind is a real tricky yeah. thing. I think the biggest thing, though, is that prison has made me to where I don't trust nobody, bro. I can't. You feel me? 
I, well, I'm going to put it like this. I trust the people that I deal with, I trust them to be who they are. And that's why I deal with them. Like, I know how you are. I know your character. You right. know what I'm saying? So I trust you to always be John. You feel what I'm saying? You my bro. You love me and I love you. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? That's yeah, yeah, where yeah. we at. You feel yeah. me? And that's how I do my people that's around me. Outside of that, I don't trust nobody, bro. Because mm. I done seen too much. You feel me? Mm. I mean, too much. I mean, for the littlest piece of bread, a dude would do the most horrendous thing to you. You feel me? And he was the dude that was just sleeping right next to you, and y'all was just sharing a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. It is crazy. That's scary, right? Yeah, it is. That's bad. That's I bad, man. I tell Keisha all the time, I don't put nothing past nobody. Because I've seen what people will do for a little bit. So imagine what they'll do for a lot. Exactly. Right? Exactly. A $60 store bag full of soup, soups and cookies and drinks is so valuable. And if you'll go bust somebody's head on the yard for that, what you'll do out here on the street for, for 50 racks, cash money, you'll kill somebody. You will. If you'll bust somebody's head on the yard for a bag full of goodies, you'll kill somebody in the, in the free world for 50 racks. Sure. Of course. That's a that's a scary mindset, that's right? A scary mindset. We're it's all a lot broken of people, people. It's a lot of people walking around like that. We're all broken in some Every, way or another. Everywhere I go, Ooh. I see people I've been locked up with. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? So that means there's a lot of people in society with that mindset. Uh. Not the same mindset that I have. And I'm not saying that mine is the best. I'm just saying it's a lot of dudes that I know for sure that I have seen, that I've been on the yard with, in dorms with, that if you put some bread in their hand, they going to do whatever. And they going to come back to the street. You feel me? That's so nice. that's why I don't really trust nobody. I don't put nothing past nobody. I just trust the Lord, bro. You feel me? I just trust the Lord. That's it. I just trust y'all. That's it. That's a scary situation, man. It. It's a scary situation that we've got a lot of prisoners coming out with that mindset, man. That's a really scary situation. That's the truth, though, bro. It is the truth. It's the truth. It is the truth. And we've got to do something about that as a society, man. I, I told you, again, we were talking before the podcast. I told you I'm so wound up about... The prison industrial complex yeah. and the way it works and the people that are making money in these private institutions and holy smokes, man. I heard a guy talking about people people's sentences being up in these private institutions and they're still not released because it's a private institution. And they're getting a kickback from having them people in those beds. Dude. Yep. Dude. They packed those prisons so tight, bro. This it's three so bunks, scary how we do high bunks it. in uh in an open dorm. They don't care if y'all kill each other in there, man. They don't care. They just gonna fill them bunks up with some old folks. And you got dudes out there. How about them California wildfires? And you got prisoners out there fighting them wildfires. For how much? Yeah. It was next to nothing, right? Man. If I remember correctly. That ain't made a show about it. Fire country. I'm gonna watch Stop it. Stop it. I'm gonna watch it though. <laughs> Were they following the prisoners? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. It's not the real prisoners. They just made like a, a Hollywood show about it. Oh, no. <clears throat> With actors. Based on, you know, real events, what you're speaking on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But ain't it funny how every year around the same time, they always catch fire out there? Like, what is that, bro? Is it really that dry out there? Look, 
I think it's a few things. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is it really that dry out there? I don't know, man. <coughs> I ain't never been to Cali. I've been wanting to go for but a here, minute. Well, they have a lot of really crazy laws about no deforestation and stuff like that because they have a lot of crazy green policies, which are good. But at the same time, you have to start thinning your forests and you have to allow homeowners to use certain yard equipment like they re they regulate if you can use certain gas yard equipment out there yeah so how are people supposed to keep their gutters clean which is a way for fire to spread and all the yard debris they've got piling up if you don't allow them to burn or if you don't give them a landfill to de deposit wow, it in you know what i mean all this brush and all this stuff it just piles up and it just makes for fuel for fires so they've like there's so many contributing factors to all those wildfires out there, dude. I ain't know all of that. Oh, dude. I know I know that uh, the drivers of the company I used to work for that had to go through um, California. They used to have to have a lot of other endorsements and diff different types of things on their license, you know, for the driving rigs or whatever. Yeah. Over there, because they got all them weird laws over there and stuff. Automobiles have their own emissions regulations for California, like. There are certain automobiles made specifically for California emissions. That's crazy. And like sometimes we'll, we'll catch one out here and like that's crazy. You'll you'll look under the hood and it's a California emissions regulations. Damn. Like it's just different cars, dude. They're just different people out there. That's crazy. But yo, that just goes to speak a little bit. Hey, on our vice president right now who be locking up so many daggone people. Yeah, he got to right these wrongs because he he for years he spent his career, you know, trying to terrorize the i'm gonna just say it man the black community you feel me so man yeah you gotta write your own bro and i don't even like that dude that's the president and the vice president i don't like her either man i don't even i just don't trust them folks man that's man. just where i'm at bro i don't trust nobody but the lord bro tell me that's what it is what it is bro. that's what it is man, i'm gonna tell you why I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put it in i'm gonna put it in perspective yeah okay if you are a part of the the gdc right as an officer or as a counselor or whatever, you're part of an organization. Yes. And you took an oath. Yes. Right? But for a little money, you'll bring something in, right? Yeah. Okay. That's You've already lot. violated you that already oath. You've already violated your oath. It's a lot of them. That's on a small scale, right? It's on a very small scale. It's on a very small scale. And this yeah. is what I've witnessed. This ain't nothing I read about. This is what I know. Over and over and over again. I ain't telling no secrets, but this is what I know. You feel me? I've seen it. So you mean to tell me on a grander scale, as a politician, legislator, all them titles or whatever, you dudes is crooked anyway. You think you ain't getting no kicks from people and woo 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 to do whatever? Come on, man. So many skeletons in those that. closets up there, that, dude. Bro. I don't believe in them Woo. folks. I don't believe in them folks, bro. Whew. Mm -mm. I don't believe in them folks. Well, look, there's got to be something we can do about it. We're going to figure it out. I think one of the things we need to do, personally, it's just what I've been thinking, is we might need to tone down the war on drugs. And oh, yeah. I, will, I will say the president did suggest to the attorney general recently that he reclassify marijuana and no longer it be a class one substance, I believe, um, where it's, you know, the same as heroin and LSD and things like that. Um, so that's a step in the right direction, but that's only on a federal level. It's still going to leave it up to the states. I think the war on drugs is fueling the prison industrial complex, always, basically. It always, that, it always has been, bro. Like I told you, the war on drugs, that's just a slogan that they used. Yeah. 
to, to make the American people feel comfortable with what they saw on TV. They saw, you know, they came up with these shows like Cops. They, yeah. start, they started showing people getting arrested on TV in Los Angeles. Woodstock 69. They started showing stuff. <laughs> and so they, they wanted people to feel like, okay, well, we got this grand war we fighting. Yeah. But really what they didn't want to tell us was that it, it didn't got out of control. It was way it out was of control already. already. Of, yeah. Look, well, we say out of control. We say out of control. Right. Use and abuse of drugs. Right. Has gone down zero. Right. Since the war on drugs started. So where's the war? Who's winning? Who's winning? Look, people are going to use drugs if they want to use drugs. I don't think it's a matter of winning or losing. I think some people are broke. I I think everybody's broken. And I think some people get addicted. But think about it like this, though. If you ain't got it to use, you ain't going to use it. That's right. If you ain't got it to use, you're not going to use it. Well, that was the initial thing for the war on drugs was, oh, we're going to target kingpins and major drug dealers. And then it turned out that 88% of people in jail for marijuana were in there for less than an ounce, single possession type scenario. So in the 1930s and in the 1940s, Mm -hmm. in South Central, them families wasn't on no dope. No, they weren't. So how come in the 60s and the 70s, everybody was doped out? Where it come from? Vietnam. Huh, come on, man. How'd it get here? Vietnam. That's how it got here. Do you want to know that? That's what I think. Them folks didn't. <laughs> them folks over there, them little poor folks ain't got no planes. Mm-mm. And they don't own yachts and boats. Mm-mm. So how'd they get it? We all know that poppy plant was popular over there, bro. Yeah, man. How'd they get all that stuff? How did mm-hmm. towns like Memphis... Get all that dope. The war in Vietnam, man. Who's coming back and forth to Vietnam? The war in Vietnam starts the war on drugs. We always got to have a war, don't we? Everybody get paid. Uh, Okay. We're starting to go down rabbit holes. Rabbit holes and rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. Look, brother, it's been a good episode. We can Mm -hmm. get into all kinds of conspiracy stuff. If you guys are interested in hearing that, if you want to hear us go down those rabbit holes, we will. Um. History, Please, history is it what it is, bro? Yeah. Some of it is just, you know, it is what it is. Yes. Hey, if y'all got any questions, hit us up uh, from felon to faith podcast at gmail.com. Or yeah. I think that's what it is. From felon podcast at gmail.com, I believe. I'll put it in the show notes or the description. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for getting Fred's story out there yep, and, yep. And, and helping some people. We've yep, gotten some really that. great feedback. Really um, appreciate that, man. We're just glad that his story's getting out there and that uh, a message of faith is getting out there. Yeah, man. Yep, yep. That's what we're doing it for. We're trying to touch lives, man. We're trying to help people make it through their storms. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, it's be man. all right. I think, that's a, I think that's a good way to leave this episode. Fred, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Catch us in two weeks for the next episode. And catch us on all podcast streaming platforms.